0: What's up,
1: y'all? It's your boy Tyler. I'm spitting rhymes, and you know they are fire. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm way too be, way too cringy to be doing that. <laughs> but welcome, welcome to the second episode of the While We're Young podcast. And I'm yours truly, Tyler Smith. And I gotta tell you, I'm super excited to be doing this. I'm having so much fun um, creating art, uh, music, and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know. F- for this podcast, I'm having so much fun. Um, you know, I, I'm even taking like dozens of photo shoots to get the pictures that you see on social media and uh, on the cover art. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll pop up some pictures, of some funny clips. And I even got my mom in there helping me on one of my photo shoots. <laughs> but anyway, today we are gonna be in the book of Daniel. Specifically Daniel 3, because we're gonna piggyback off of what we talked about last podcast in sovereignty and we're going to talk about today on how to be the flame we're going to be talking about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Nebuchadnezzar and all all the works through there we're going to be discussing fear we're going to be discussing how the world uses fear to influence us and uh you know to make us who the world wants us to be we're going to respond uh to how we should respond the fear. And then we're going to discover the truths that God wants us to discover. So I'm super excited. I hope you are. Grab your Bible if you want to. This is going to be a really, really great podcast. So thank you for listening. And as always, enjoy.
0: Fear is one of the most powerful and most influential feelings in today's world. And as young people, I know that fear is definitely, it's definitely very rampant and very powerful in each young individual. Because as you grow up, as you go throughout
1: middle school and high school, you look around you and you see what the world is
0: and what the culture tells you. And it makes you fear of being different, makes you fear of being who you want to be. So that makes us reach out and be like other people. And when we do this, we find ourselves being someone totally different than who we actually are. And that calls us to be entangled in so much darkness. But as Christians in general, old or young, when we allow fear in our lives, it makes us trip up. It makes us second guess. It makes us not do
1: what God has called us to do. When we allow fear in our lives, it messes up our purpose and we get our eyes off of what's truly, truly our purpose. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, Daniel 3, and we're piggybacking off of last week, uh, Daniel's chapter 1 and 2. But in chapter 3, we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were thrown into the furnace for standing up uh, for God and uh, not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And we're going to go through this, and we're going to see biblically how we should deal with fear, um, how as Christians we should see fear, how we should uh, respond to it, and what God is going to do in our lives. And, and, and we're going to just realize some promises that uh, God has in the scripture. So I encourage you, get your Bible, read it with me. That's a great way to meditate on his word. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, we're going to read in Daniels 3 and set up a little bit of context before we read. Daniel 3 starts off where Nebuchadnezzar is building a statue, and we'll talk about it in a second. But this is going to be around, you know, 550 BC before Christ, something along that lines. It's about 10 to 20 years after chapter 2 we what what we read last week. Uh, that was Nebuchad- Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So. About 10 or 20 years later, maybe even less than that, we don't exactly know because it doesn't give historical context in the scripture. But it was sometime after, and we see that Nebuchadnezzar has built a statue that is made out of gold. And if you listen to last week's podcast, we discussed how in his dream, there was a statue of gold that was later in his dream demolished by the kingdom,
0: God's kingdom. and. It represents Babylon, the the gold head, on the statue. And
1: that's why, and that you know, people speculate this is why, and that's kind of common sense. It's made out of gold, gold head, gold statue. He's wanting to have pride in his 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 nation of uh, Babylon, uh, and almost kind of a worship statue for Babylon and the gods of that time. And so we get to this point, and um. We'll start in verses one. And if you have your Bible and you want to go along with me, we're going to discuss it. And I'm not going to do like last week. We're going to, we're going to talk about Scripture and then get out of it and talk about what it means and go back in and back out. So it's going to be really good, I promise. <laughs> promise. Do not leave. Do not leave. <laughs> All right. So in verses one, like I said, he's built a statue. And the statue is six cubits wide, which is nine feet and 60 cubits high which is 90 feet. And to put that in perspective, 90 feet is about the length of between two uh plates in baseball. That's about how tall it was. So imagine a gold statue um and it's located in the plain of Dora uh not Dora, Dura. <laughs> and uh it's like I looked it up and it's the plains of Dora is like, I said Dora, Dora. It's weird. Just look it up. But the plains of Dora is like a a course of plains, but the statue is said to be located like in between two um, columns of land. And if you're watching a video, I'll show you a picture of what I'm talking about. But so we get on into verses two and Nebuchadnezzar sends out all of his messengers to gather all of his high officials. And if you look in verse two, it's um, just the labels of all the officials during that time from uh, uh, descending order of, you know, the most high to the lowest. And, um, you know, he sends out for them to come for the unveiling of the statue. And so then they come in verses three uh, and they stand before it and wait for the announcement uh, to to come forth. And so when they arrived and they're all standing there, a herald, which is a uh, official messenger that brings news. And you'll see that I'm in verses, uh, verses four. And it says in verses four through six, we'll actually read it to you. It is commanded. O people's nations languages that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and excuse me, This is a hard word. (laughs) Psaltery. I'm guessing that's how you say it. In symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And here's the thing. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And so that sets up our little conflict here in our narrative. Uh, Everyone comes, all the officials come, and... You must bow down before the statue when the music sounds or you'll be, you know, cooked to death. (laughs) So in verse 7, we read that it happens. So the the music plays and um, it says that the people heard the sound of the horn uh, and it was in symphony with all the music and everybody fell down to worship. But you already know, my boys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did not. (laughs) But before we get into what they did, let's let's talk about this scripture and get some evidence from it or get some things from it. So in reading the scripture, we can obviously see that Nebuchadnezzar, he uses his power and his influence to strike fear into his subjects, into his high officials, just so he can get what he wants and so he can force his beliefs on them and uh, make them worship the statue. But we can kind of realize and reference that story to today's culture, right? Now, assuming that you live in the United States, okay, I, if you're listening to this from some other country, wow, thank you. But right now, if you're listening, I think you're from the United States as of right now. Um, you haven't really experienced governmental Religion control, you know what I'm saying. I mean, to an extent, like you know, church, uh, church, church and state. That that whatever that law was, where uh, you can't pray in schools and you know games and stuff like that, has to be student led. You, other than those kind of things, you haven't experienced someone,
0: you know, forcing you on their religion, and. With that, with that said, what we have experienced though, is is we've experienced social
1: pressure, social pressure that brings fear, that brings all these feelings to us that change who we are, and and force us and just like Nebuchadnezzar did, is nothing different, force us to do things that normally we wouldn't do beforehand, and so I think in order for us to realize. What fears that are controlling us and socially controlling us I think it's important for us to be self-aware of who we are because I'm different from you and i'm'm I'm, um, I have different fears and different different ideas in my mind that, that I control and I, and to even say that I'll, I'll go into some of my fears so some of my fears would include you know I would say that I've never had trouble being different. I've never been scared about being different. And what I mean by that is I've never been scared to, you know, have that label of Christian on me, which, you know, that, that's a good thing. And as Christians, we, we would like to have our name associated with God. And I haven't, I haven't experienced
0: fear because of that. But the fear that I've experienced, and it comes as a product of being different, is the fear of being alone. And that's one of my biggest fears.
1: You know, I kind of experienced it in high school. And, and before I say anything, um, if you're listening from my high school, y'all were awesome. Like my high school felt like a family. And I honestly can say that. You know, we were all pretty close. We got along together. And I, and I really feel like God worked in our grade. I, I really feel like that. But of course, in every high school, um, there are our cliques and people who do things that,
0: you know, figure themselves out and some even stray from the Lord. And with that said, I would say I was
1: a pretty prominent Christian figure on campus. And that really made me separate from everyone else. Like, what I mean by that is, you know, I would go up to somebody and have a conversation. And normally I know that they would like cuss or they would do all that kind of stuff. And th- when they come to me, they would, you know, not talk the way they talk. Or if I was in a group, they wouldn't talk the way they talk. And you know, I noticed those things and I'm not saying they were mean about it. No one was mean to me. Everyone was really nice, but you know, I wasn't And, that, and this is, you know, the normal Christian thing that happens to them, but you know, don't get invited to the, the parties with, with all my friends because of just what happens there. And, um, just stuff like that. And, you know, it oftentimes I find myself going home and just feeling alone because one, I I feel like I'm the only one that's trying to live out the purpose for Christ. And, you know, there were certainly people at school that helped me and, um, I really appreciated that, but coming home and just feeling alone scared me. And the things that, things that helped me was, you know, going to church and finding friends that believed the same things and Uh, just really pursued Christ. And I'll give a shout out to one of my church friends that really helped me because, you know, he's really cool. Cam Partridge was a guy who really helped me out. Um, And we were best friends at church. And people that you can find to really help you out and to really lift you up in a Christian accountable way, that makes sense, is what I searched for. But other than that, I say my other top fear is, is feeling unworthy or not having value. And sometimes that's my downfall. I really strive to find value for other people to see value in me or to see, you know, that I'm a good person. (laughs) And sometimes I can make me a kiss butt, (laughs) make me a kiss butt or even cause me pride if I do it or if, you know. I like to be the center of the room. I like, to, I like to, I don't know, I like to just be successful. And sometimes that can get to me and cause me to, one, if I don't get it, be depressed about it and feel like I'm not worthy. And two, cause me pride at the end of it. But another fear, and my last fear I'll, I'll talk about personally, is the fear of not having worth in the eyes of my creator. and. That is like one of the biggest fears because I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not perfect at all. Uh uh-uh. Don't you even think that <laughs> I am a sinner. I'm a sinner bought by grace, but I'm a sinner. And, you know, I sin and there's things I struggled with and there's things I'm still struggling with that really held me down and made me scared that God didn't love me. So those are some fears that I've had. But in society, you personally, whoever's listening right now, you have, you have fears in your life that are way different than mine. I didn't really have the fear of not being popular, but some people actually do that. Well, <laughs> that kind of that goes against what I just said because you know, I want to be, you know, the fear of being popular is like, I I actually don't know. Maybe you can count me as that, but I never gave into the pressures of of drinking and and you know, smoking or jeweling. I, I never gave into that. But being popular is yeah. But you may struggle with that, girls. You may struggle with, you know, who you look at in the mirror and you're scared of that. Well, one, uh, let me tell you, you are beautiful. Okay, girl, you beautiful. If you listen, you beautiful. <laughs> God made you perfect. So don't don't be scared of who you look at in the mirror. Embrace it. Love yourself. You are beautiful. And guys, we're scared we're scared of not being a man. Man, in quotes. But I don't I don't think I think this world's definition of man is completely off. Because the man that this world says is, Oh, I gotta be I gotta have big muscles, I gotta have abs, like I gotta have the prettiest women. I gotta be, you know, rich, successful. And that's not who a man is. A man is humble, a man is kind. A man is a leader. A man doesn't deceive, a man is. A man is a person who lives every, every single day through actions and through good character and virtue. And so when these, the society around us, through social media and, and clicks at school and TV and movies, all of these things
0: make us feel like that we're not being you know who we need to be when in reality God has
1: made you who you need to be and he wants you to seek him and oftentimes
0: we we seek the other way but in all this fearing all this being afraid i think we're fearing the wrong thing i think we are
1: we're we're so caught up on social media and and TV and movies and what movie stars and famous people do and just the people in school that 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 I think we're we're taking example and figuring from the wrong thing. And what do I mean by that? What do, how do you fear the wrong thing? I, I thought we're supposed to figure out how we're not supposed to fear in this podcast. Well, we're gonna get into it. So let's let's dive back into scripture. Let's dive back in scripture. <clears throat> so in. In chapters 3, we're going to start in verses 8.
0: This is where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my boys, they come in. And we see that in verses 8 that, okay,
1: there are some really, really bad snitches up in Babylon. I just want to tell you. (laughs) There's these people called the, the Chaldeans. Chaldeans, Chaldeans, and you know they're astronomers and astrologists. That's what Google says. That's that's what Chaldeans are. And basically, they some snitches, big snitches. And <laughs> so when everybody bows down, they you know Ooh, look over there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not bowing down. Let's go kiss butt to the king, and you know let's praise him and and get them in trouble. <laughs> Freaking suck ups. But <laughs> we see that in verses 8 through 12, they do that. They snitch on uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they go to Nebuchadnezzar. And in verses 13 through 14, Nebuchadnezzar gets extremely angry and he sends for him. He sends for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, and he questions him, like, why did y'all do that, guys? What's up? Y'all mean no disrespect? Y'all disrespecting me? And so then. In verses 15, we're going to read it because Nebuchadnezzar gives them a choice. And just like life, life gives you a choice. So let's read it. In verses 15, it says, it says this. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, height, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. He's saying when you, when you hear
0: the sound and, and you bow, that's good. Do that. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately,
1: immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace.
0: And listen to this. This is what he says. And who is the God? Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He's basically like, I have your life in my hands. And who's going to stop that? Is your God going to stop that? The one you're worshiping right now? Is
1: he going to stop that? This is probably the most important line in this scripture. The most important verbal line that Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego say. And really, listen to this. Listen to this. (laughs) I'm going to get excited, I promise. So in verses 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter.
0: If that is the case, our God, our God, whom we serve, is able
1: to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you. O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up. (laughs) Man, woo! they bring into fire. (laughs) So Nebuchadnezzar
0: comes to him and is like, what's up, man? You are in my control. I have the ability to end your life. So worship, worship me. Worship the statue, do it. And then shatter at me, shaking a minute ago. Look at him, and they say, "Our God, our God is able. Our God is able." Ooh!
1: <laughs> they come in with the heat. The heat. <laughs> you see,
0: I mentioned that we that we are fearing the wrong things. Well, take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for example. Instead of fearing death itself, they feared the one, true, almighty, everlasting, the beginning and the end, the father, the caregiver, the all-knowing and all-powerful God. They feared God. And that is the answer. The fear of the Lord is what we
1: should be chasing after. Now, you're like, what does that mean, Tyler? What does that mean? Should I be scared of God? Should I be afraid of him? No. Well, yes. But let me explain. (laughs) To put it in simple
0: terms, if you're a Christian, a, a, a believer, a newborn believer, then we are To fear God in this way, we are to love with all of our heart, all of our, excuse me, we are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our might. Because we recognize God's absolute
1: power and beauty, might, justice, and referencing last week, his sovereignty. God is sovereign. And the fear of the Lord as a Christian, hear me out, as a Christian, a new born-again believer, as a Christian, it is to stand in awe and respectfulness of God and want to live every single day to carry out his purpose. All right, well, I said yes to fear in God, right? To being afraid of him. Well, let me read you this scripture in Matthew 10, 28. And Jesus says this, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That that's, that's, uh, that's sad. I mean, not sad. That's dark. Like fear, fear God who can literally has control of your soul and your body. And why I said, as a believer, you should feel the other way. Well, certainly as not a believer, and, and hear me out, I'm not trying to scare you into being a Christian. That is not what I'm trying to do because that's not how, that's not how things are done. That's not how you receive salvation. What I'm saying
0: is if you aren't a believer in Jesus Christ, if you haven't given your heart to him, then you have something to be afraid of. You have the ability to fear God. Be afraid of him. Because God is a just God. God God has wrath. He
1: he, he shows that in the Bible a couple of times with people who are just completely evil. He he has the ability to show wrath and justice.
0: And as human beings, we are all sinners and we deserve his, his justice and his wrath. But if you are a born again believer, and you fear the Lord?
1: Fear the Lord. hear me out. Then we are to stand in awe and wonderment and thankfulness of who God is, because He is in control. Last podcast. Last, pa- last podcast we talked about how God is sovereign, how He He's been here since the beginning, that something had to create something, and, and we are here because we had a creator. And in this very moment, God is with us because he has his hand on it. And the reality that we live in is God is here in the moment. And then in the future, God has already showed us what the future is, what's going to happen. We have the victory. God has a plan, and he, has, he is sovereign. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego realized this. They realize that nothing on this earth, not even death, can stop
0: God. Man, that is some crazy crazy, mad, unashamed, just unashamed actions for God. So, you also have to realize too, okay, I just explained how fear can be a good thing. But, you also need to realize that in the same way that we fear God in the right way, we can also
1: fear fear things of this world in the exact same way.
0: And let's be real. Let's be real. Come on. Let's be real. Guys, sexual temptation. Man, it's a killer. It's a killer. Sexual temptation, pornography. Um and then alcohol, drugs, and you know girls can struggle with all these things too.
1: All of these things we can have respect and awe for him because it feels so good or you know it gets it gets me to a good place it makes me feel good it's the only thing that in my life that that makes me feel happy when in reality it just brings you to an all down low if it's not you know if it's not god so we need to make these realizations and 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 know where our fear is and where it needs to be so let's dive back into scripture and now that we've Discuss what fear is and how we should correctly fear and fear God, right? Let's get into the good part because I hollered before and you about to make me shout hallelujah on this next part. <laughs> so let's start in verses 19 and we'll we'll, you know, hit the highlights and the good parts. But really, listen, this is the good, this is good scripture, good scripture. Get out your Bible for this if you want to. It's really good. <laughs> So in verses 19, we see that Nebuchadnezzar is really angry from their response. And he commands that they be thrown into the furnace. And so that happens. In 20, he commands that his best men, he commands for his best men to tie, the, uh, not, I mean, not Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They tie him up and they carry him to the furnace. And so in twenty one, and remember this for later. In verses twenty one, it says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sorry. In verses twenty three, no, 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 sorry. Verses twenty one. I'll read it. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. They were bound. They were. They were tied up. They were chained almost. And so. Then in verses 22, we see that these men who were carrying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the furnace to throw them in, before they even threw them in, or as they were throwing them in, we see that they burned to death. They burned to death from the fire. And I forgot to mention this, but in verses 19, it said that um, he wanted the fire to be, what, 10 times more? He said uh, seven times more than it usually is heated. So it's really hot. And these dudes, they come up to throw uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, and they burn to death. They're not even in the fire, and they burn to death. And so then, in verses 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down into the, far, the fiery furnace, in verses 23. So now listen to these next parts really carefully. Like, this is, this is some really good scripture. It's probably the best the best scripture in this chapter. So let's read it real quick. Really listen. Get your Bibles and look at this. Like, it's awesome. In verses 24 through 25, it says this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three
0: men bound in, in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. And in verse 25, it says this. Look, he answered, I see four men. Four men, loose, that word loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth, listen to this, is like the son of man. Wow. Amen. This, this piece of scripture shows us so many truths. And it's amazing how this,
1: this scripture, (laughs) it points to Jesus. Okay. And, and we're going to look at three other things. We're going to look at three things, including that, that, that
0: we see through the scripture. And the first thing is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were bound Bound tightly before they were thrown into the fiery furnace,
1: they were bound. We see that in verses twenty one, how they were bound, and
0: then in verses twenty three, it says they fell down bound into the fiery furnace. And when we see this, this, this symbol of being of being tightly, uh, just,
1: uh, just, just, you know, together and and bound to.
0: You know, not being able to move, not being able to be free. It represents, to me, it represents that in life, we get bound to a lot of things as well. Shame for what we've done. The pressures that the world throws on us. Loneliness. Anxiety. Depression and believe it or not there's people there's people who have to fear death to fear death itself because of what they believe because they believe in Jesus Christ but <laughs> what happens in 25 when the angel takes them out he describes them as being loose you see
1: you right now, baby, may be struggling with something horrible, okay? Like like you may be going through the worst time of your life. You may be struggling w- with something in your life that you can't get rid of, that you're chained to.
0: Maybe it's a guy, maybe it's a girl. Maybe it's something far deeper than that. Something since your
1: childhood that you, that you can't let go, but let me tell you something. Jesus, Jesus can free you from all of that. Jesus is there to protect you. And when you allow him in your life and you
0: understand what he wants for you and you grasp, you just you just grasp the idea that he loves you and those chains will be lifted and you won't be bound to the shame and the sin. You will be who God made you to be. So along with that, the second thing that we see is the son of man is there to protect you. Jesus, Jesus is there. And if you're wondering it, it, through this whole thing, you're like, man,
1: how, how do I understand? How do I even begin to fear the Lord? How do I begin to just seek out, seek out God. Well, it starts at the feet of the cross. And this story relates to the New Testament in that the son of man was sent down on this earth to die on the cross for your sins. And he went down to hell, down to the fiery pits of hell. Okay. The fiery pits of hell. And he came
0: out defeating death, defeating the grave. Defeating sin itself. And he came out just so that
1: you can be free and you can receive the salvation and live a new life. You see,
0: Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they went into the fire. They went into the fire thinking that they, this was it. And they came out to a new life. To their life. This so the last thing that we see in this verse of Scripture is that when we live faithful and we live bold, unashamed for the gospel, turning away from fear, then we will be a beautiful, beautiful, long-lasting, burning flame. And that flame is for one purpose and that's to glorify God. But in doing that, God responds by being your caregiver, your protector, your savior. Everything that you've ever wanted, he is. And all you have to do is believe in him. All you have to do
1: is ask God to, ask God to forgive you of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ.
0: And you will be able to be taken out of this world, out of this this pit of hell that you're in right now. Jesus is the answer. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're scared of, it's not too
1: late. Okay? If you are going through this life and you you fear in in, you know, in the way that I talked about we're supposed to fear God, if you fear things like alcohol, sex, drugs, if you fear pride, if you fear success, if you fear all of these things and, and you have been for a long time, it's not too late to turn from it. It's not too late to, to realize that God is sovereign and realize that you, you as an individual have a purpose, and that is to glorify God. And that, that, that you know, when, when we turn away from that and the world goes against us, when, when symbolic Nebuchadnezzar tries to kill you for what you believe, and, and what you're trying to stand up for, that God has your back. So start now. Young people, start now. If you're in high school, middle school, you're figuring things out, right? You're figuring things out. Well, don't turn away. Don't turn away from God in the most vital part of your life.
0: Fear God in your schools. Come together as one. And, and let's, let's be bold. Be bold. For the gospel. (laughs) Woo! That's a word. That is a word. Man. (sighs) I just hope you realize the peace that God gives. And I just hope that through this
1: you found something to cling to. And that whatever you're going through, whatever
0: temptation, whatever trial, that you won't be scared. That you won't feel numb. That you will come out of it a new person. (laughs) Jesus has your back.
1: So, I encourage you, go meditate on the word yourself. Read it. Learn some things. Search things up. Man, that's all you got to do. Just be inspired by God's word. That's one way to really learn who God is. So do that. Well, I really, really appreciate every one of you for listening. Um, tune in next Friday, another podcast. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. I may continue, may continue in Daniel, maybe chapter four, maybe about the writing on the wall. I'm not sure, but I'm really enjoying Daniel and I, I feel like God is really speaking through it. So, man, <laughs> live bold for Christ today in the present time because he is sovereign And when you fear the Lord, there's nothing, there's nothing in this world that can take away your peace because God is in control. All right. I hope you have a great day. Stay blessed. And always remember, live for God while we're young. Thank you.